everybody. Spring has sprung here on Ocean State sidelines. My name is Brendan McGear, sports writer with the Pawtucket Times when soccer call. Once, a jo once again, joined by my co-pilot, Will Gagan of the South County Independent. Will, a little baseball, a little softball time. Uh, the weather looks like it's finally cooperating and the teams are in action. Relatively speaking, spring has sprung, right? <laughs> Relatively speaking. Well, it can turn, it can turn in, a, in a dime. It's true. That's true. It's supposed to be nice this weekend. There's been a few few nice days. There have been a few cold days. My toes can attest to that uh, from some softball last week. But we, we march on. And, yes, we uh, getting back into the high school sports scene. Uh, you know, It's been a, been a little while. Winter sports ended. Spring always a little slow to get going with rainouts and whatnot and everything, but in full swing now. And uh, yes, let's talk some baseball and softball. Yeah, we'll start with uh, baseball. And before we talk about the little breakdown of each of uh, the the areas that we cover, let's talk about the new wrinkle at Division One, Division Two, back to back series. Yeah, it's interesting. It's uh, teams are still playing eighteen games, which is what they did last year. But the the league is broken into two subdivisions, and you play everyone in your subdivision twice on back-to-back -back days, weather permitting. Um, so essentially, it, it brings high school baseball in Rhode Island in line with the rest of baseball. It's a series game at you know, the major league level, a college level, at least in conference play. Uh, so you get these these two game sets, and it, it really, it's it's definitely a kind of a cool wrinkle. And you, you see some different reaction to it, but it's certainly something different. I think mostly the reaction has been positive in the sense that, you know, it's almost like who's better than who. It puts pressure on you on the losing team to maybe try to get a split. Yeah. You know, if you're the winning team, you want to try to go for the jugular and get that quote unquote sweep. Absolutely, and I think it increases the, a little bit of the competitiveness to say, you know, it's not just a random game. Who are we playing today? Oh, we're going on the road to play so and so. We don't know anything about them. No, you're playing the team you played two days ago, and and they beat you. So you want to beat them. It's it's that's sort of a, a cool part of it. Um, that that angle. And I think, too, it, it places more strain on developing your pitching staff. Yes. You better have a pretty solid number two there waiting in the wings. Yep, you can't throw your number one. You can't save your number one. You can't hide your number two. You can't, can't do any of that. If you're playing the same team twice in one week, you're pitching your, your two best pitchers. Uh, and, and that second one kind of evens things out a little bit, I think, uh, in terms of you, you can't just rely on, on one great pitcher to beat a really good team or, or to you know beat a team that's more middle of the road, uh, you're going to have to rely on everybody. Just the, the quick breakdown of the uh, divisions. Uh, Division 1A, you have Bishop Hendrickson, Cumberland, Cranston West, Coventry, Cranston East, Moses Brown, East Providence, Charho, Johnston, and Smithfield. Division 1B, South Kingstown, LaSalle, North Kingstown, Central, Lincoln, Ponagansett, one of the better teams in Division 2 moving up. East Greenwich, Pilgrim, Portsmouth, and Tollgate. Division 2A, Tolman, Narragansett, Prout, Tiverton, Barrington, Mount Hope, Middletown, West Wark, Barville, Juanita Sanchez. In Division 2B, Mount St. Charles, Situate, Classical, North Smithfield, Mount Pleasant, North Providence, Woonsocket, Wheeler, Westerly, and St. Raphael. The one thing that I've heard is that between Division 2A and 2, Division 2B, why not flip-flop Barville and Westerly? Have them, uh, you know, play, you know, quote unquote, Narragansett, Prout, Tiverton. If you're Westerly and if you're Burville, why why not stay with the regional rivalries with Mount St. Charles, Situate, Classical, North Smithfield? Yeah, they'll have some long bus rides. Uh, Burville and Westerly, kind of unfortunate there. And I think Division One, kind of a similar situation with Cheros in a division with some teams up north, Ponagansett, more teams down south, but. 
uh, yeah, is what it is there. And also, too, a, a new playoff twist where the uh, you win your quote unquote subdivision, you get a bye, and you have to, that means only you have to win one game to get to the best of three semifinals. Yeah, and they they took away the double elimination format, um, so it's it's win or go home the first couple round of the playoffs before you get into the series. So that. It's been double elimination for a while. Um, I think it was single elimination before that. It was single Back elimination maybe mid, a decade mid ago. Mid 2000s, yeah. Uh, but that, so that puts a lot of pressure on you know, learning how to win games and, and making big plays. There's no, no room for error. No, and, that, and you, you want to win that subdivision, so that really is a carrot that's been dangling yep. for teams. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, the breakdown of uh, teams from the area, well, you do have the defending state champ in your region. Uh, how do the uh, SK Rebels stack up this year? Yeah, the South Kingstown Rebels are looking strong again. They lost, uh, so well, the, last year was their third straight trip to McCoy. And the, the two previous years, they lost a ton of talent from those teams, but last year ended up with, with tremendous pitching and just, just kind of rode that and rode a really aggressive offense, stole a lot of bases, didn't necessarily have the power that they had in the past couple of years. And it's the same identity this year. They lost Bo Broody, who was a championship series MVP, is now pitching at URI, uh, and it, their their DH platoon, a couple other seniors who were who were sort of role players, but basically everyone else is back. That's almost the entire starting lineup. Um, so they're strong again. They're off to a three and zero start. The pitching, obviously, without Broody, um, is not quite as deep. But you have Brock French and Hunter Roberts, who were the number two and number three starters last year. Both were really, really good last year and have been great this year. French just uh, pitched a shutout against LaSalle. Uh, he's headed to Trinity College next year. So the pitching, again, is really strong. They're working, I think, on developing that third starter and seeing if they can find somebody for that spot. But when you, when you see that team, they just, they're kind of picking up where they left off. They, have that, they still have that, that vibe. They still have that same enthusiasm and chemistry. And they've got a lot of talent with those pitchers, with Blaine Lidsky in the middle of the order, a four-year starter, a three-time All-State player. And then a couple of their guys, freshmen last year, Zach Zions and Jack Wentworth, kind of pushed their way into the lineup and ended up having great games up at McCoy. Uh, they're off to really good starts this season. So the Rebels, uh, I, don't, I don't see any reason why they can't contend for another state title. And up in the uh, Call Times region, Cumberland and Lincoln are looking to make noise. Uh, Cumberland was one of those teams that to South Kingstown in the final four last year losing seven to six returned nine seniors from that team and arguably the best pitcher down the stretch uh, Brendan Wright a junior he's uh, the younger brother of current Brian star uh, Chris Wright so uh, it's a team that's uh, you know eager to prove and hopefully learn the lessons of a year ago and see what happens from there over in Lincoln you know they have one of the best uh, three four combinations in uh, Aaron D'Souza and Marty Gawhan um, We'll see what they can do in terms of uh, being productive as well. Randall Heen, a uh, name that's very familiar on the Little League scene. He's now a junior. He's uh, off to a very good start on the mound. So uh, it'll be an interesting spring in terms of Division One. Uh, I think Hendrickson once again, they're loaded for bear. Coventry, they got to the finals a year ago with a very young team. And yep. well, uh, it'll be an interesting race here to get to McCoy Stadium. Yeah, it definitely will. I mean, Hendrickson always has the talent, and it'll be a question of can they put it together uh, in the playoffs. It didn't. They didn't really do that last year uh, when they were bounced uh, by Coventry. So, so that's interesting. Like you said, Coventry has Jaden Volker, a freshman, um, hard throwing pitcher who pitched really well last year. Cumberland, as you mentioned, really strong. Um, 
and then hearing hearing some buzz about Central. Uh, yes, they, they've got some some talent from what I hear, and they're off to a three and zero start. Uh, that would be pretty cool if Central um, made a run. I don't, I don't remember the last time a Providence team, Providence Public School team, made in a Division baseball one. One, run in, right in Division One, being the key words there. And then uh, you know another team down from my area, North Kingstown. Uh, a familiar name back on the scene, longtime coach Kevin Gormley, who took them to a bunch of uh, McCoy Stadium trips um, at the helm. Previously, he was four years away and is back with the Skippers now. They're, they started 0-2, but did pick up a win last week uh, or earlier this week against Pilgrim. And over in Division Two, uh, Mount St. Charles is one of the teams, I guess, to watch from what uh, people have told me. Tolman as well returned the... Uh, co-Division II MVP from a year ago and uh, senior Isaiah Rivera-Lopez, one of the better pitchers in D2 and uh, could be factoring the infield as well. And uh, how is uh, Prout kind of shaping up this year? Yeah, Prout um, has has a lot of guys back from last year from a team that uh, made another run to Pierce Field the later rounds of the D2 playoffs. They've done that the past few years, sort of regardless of what they do in the regular season, they've been able to get hot in the playoffs. Uh, so they're off to a 2-1 start. And then Narragansett, uh, which was, I think, two wins away from McCoy last year, lost some key guys, uh, and including their number one pitcher, but they have a strong group back, and they're off to a 2-0 start this year as well. We'll switch gears, and we'll talk a little uh, softball. And just like in baseball, the winds of change have swept through uh, the this sport as well. All of the subdivisions have a significant softball figure named after them. Yes, Division One Marquis, Division One Pancala, Division One Sullivan, Division One Thornton, named for the great Carolyn Thornton. Yes. Uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a unique breakdown. It's, they're sort of small subdivisions with four teams. I, I believe they play those, the, each team, is, you play your team in your subdivision twice. And then you cross and over, then you with, cross another over with another division. So... Um, that that's kind of a unique breakdown because you'll get to the playoffs without having seen everybody in the league. But uh, North Smithfield, uh, they moved up to uh, D1 this year. So did Mount St. Charles. They kind of flip-flopped with Winsocket. Winsocket, a D2, a D2 champ a few years ago. They're back down in uh, familiar settings. So uh, the race is on to get to Rhode Island College. Yep, as always. And uh, I know Pilgrim has kind of asserted itself early, but by Cat Fallon, they're really ace pitcher. Uh, maybe the best pitcher in the state. Uh, they just just beat North Kingstown this week, and they're off to a three zero start. Uh, Prout is up in Division One this year, and we're set to have one of the best pitchers in the state, Vanessa Oatley. But she has uh, stepped away from the team for personal reasons, um, so she is not currently pitching. Uh, and we'll see if she comes back because uh, that's a tough adjustment for Prout, regardless. But they would have been. It would have been a little little easier with Oatley on the mound. Speaking of uh, tough adjustments, uh, we're going to touch upon the spring season as a whole and just the challenges that all of these teams, coaches, players alike, uh, you know, we mentioned uh, you know, right now it's a beautiful day out, not a cloud in the skies. We record this on Thursday afternoon, but, you know, Will, as we've talked to coaches during the preseasons, they'll say it's been tough to get outside. The city won't let yep. us on the field. Yep. Feel unplayable fields force uh, teams to you know postpone or reschedule games someplace else. And then you deal with the crunch at the end of the year in terms of senior activities, graduations, proms, um, honors nights, anything. Uh, it just seems like the spring season is really condensed and really uh, time-consuming. It is. It's tough. It's it's the shortest of the three seasons between fall, winter, and, and spring in terms of the high school sports calendar. 
And like you said, you have all this, you have these activities at the end, you have the weather at the beginning, you have rain thrown in along the way. It ends up being being a pretty big grind. Um, so, I, I mean, kudos to all these all these players, all these coaches for finding a way to get through it and uh, and getting it done. I mean, I don't know about you, but you, we've done this for a while now. I feel like sometimes that season's never going to, it might end by July 4th almost sometimes, yes, yeah. given like the, the bad weather. Oh, yeah. You know, you get to like McCoy Stadium. This team can't play tonight because they got graduation. Yep. And that's really like the one thing that the Interscholastic League will hold dead set if they right. cannot play is you cannot play because of, you know, graduation. Yep. Totally understandable. But yep. some teams, I think, they try to manipulate the, the proms, yes. this, that, <laughs> the, the senior, uh, you know, masses or whatever that yep. they have and say, oh, we're not, we're going to miss five of our kids or whatever. But, yep. you know, it's just... The scheduling uh, gurus, they're really working overtime to make sure that everything gets done yes. by the middle of June. Yes, Mike Lunny of the Interscholastic League is just, I, I think he's like working in the matrix uh, by the end of spring, trying to figure out all that scheduling. It's funny you mentioned the prom. I remember a few years ago, North Kingstown softball was playing in the uh, state finals on the night of their junior prom, I believe, and they had a bunch of juniors in the lineup, and all the, all the juniors were like, well, this was better than the prom. <laughs> Winning the state title was better than the prom. So they, they made it work. <laughs> that's absolutely, but uh, like we said, kudos to everybody to just get this in and you know, make it look so seamless. Yeah, absolutely. They, they do a great job, and I think it's a, probably a point of pride for uh, baseball, softball players in the Northeast for kind of gutting it out, playing in these tough conditions, and, uh, and making it happen. But uh, we'll uh, turn our attention to the college scene a little bit. Just uh, give a shout-out to uh, North Smithfield uh, native C.J. Dandino, um, a former LaSalle pitcher over at uh, UConn right now, his final season, excelled as a reliever for the Huskies uh, in 18 appearances so far, holding uh, opponents to a 238 batting average, 1.82 ERA, 36 strikeouts in 29 and two-thirds innings, and uh, we'll see if maybe he could become draft-eligible come June. Yeah, he's uh, he's making a move. A lot of a lot of relievers from uh, from the area with Chris Wright doing well up at Bryant. Yes, and then also shout out to the Johnson and Wales men's volleyball team who is playing in the GNAC tournament semifinals uh, tonight, Thursday night against Wentworth. Uh, they've been one of the best teams in the league, twenty one and ten record, and a couple of local guys on that team in uh, North Kingstown's Josh Pitzer. And South Kingstown's Jack Pinsons, uh, and they actually sh- they uh, they both won GNAC weekly honors this week. Pitzer was the defensive player of the week. Pinsons was the rookie of the week. Pinsons, obviously the son of former Woonsocket High football standout John Pinsons. There you go. But uh, that'll do it this week for Ocean State sidelines. We will be back next week. We'll talk a little lacrosse. Maybe we'll do a little golf talk as well. That that mm. season will be swinging into action pretty soon, and. Uh, Hopefully this uh, good weather will cooperate for a while. I hope so. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening.